previously on the Florida Files. The motorcade is already getting in place from VSO Broward Sheriff's Office, and Anna Nicole's body is now in her hearse. Um, I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that people sell the right to the funerals, uh, and all had no clue. Um, and I was, it, was came, it came to me. Uh, there was very little or no money really to pay the expenses for the funeral. This is it. This is where Anna Nicole Smith is buried at Lakeview Cemetery. And I'm standing in front of it. There's a, somebody's left of roses. It's a rather large stone. There's a picture of her embracing Daniel. Finally, Anna Nicole Smith is buried in Nassau, the Bahamas, next to her son Daniel. She has the ashes of dearly beloved billionaire husband J. Howard Marshall buried with her. But there's still no rest in peace. Activity in the Smith saga continues in Nassau, just 20 minutes from Lakeview Memorial Gardens and Cemetery, where she's buried on March 2, 2007, the Nassau Supreme Court is in the midst of hearing from all sides. The fight over paternity of little Danny Lynn, Anna Nicole's five-month-old daughter, continues. It's about two weeks after Anna Nicole's burial. Larry Burkhead, one of the men claiming to be Danny Lynn's father, comes out of the Supreme Court building in Nassau. He's glowing. He doesn't have any confirmed news he can share, but earlier in the week, he made a statement. Former Local 10's Diane Magnum has the update. The battle over Anna Nicole Smith's baby took a strange new twist as that case shifts to the Bahamas. On Tuesday, a judge could order Howard K. Stern to undergo a DNA test to determine who really is Danny Lynn's father. Earlier in the week, Larry Burkhead sounded upbeat that the legal battle would soon be over. But someone who isn't smiling lately is Smith's mother, Virgie Arthur. She wants to gain custody of Danny Lynn, claiming she could provide a more stable home than Howard K. Stern. I'm worried that she's not going to live either. My grandson is dead, and my daughter is now dead. And I'm scared to death that something is going to happen to her. And she's the last one in that family that, you know, it's not right. There's nobody to protect her. Nobody. Local 10 and Local10.com present the Florida Files. I'm Michelle Solomon, and this is The Death of a Bombshell, how Anna Nicole Smith became part of the Florida Files. Burkhead's push for paternity is moving forward. DNA from baby Danny Lynn is obtained on March 21, 2007. DNA from Anna Nicole's body is being guarded by a doctor in Ohio, taken when her body was at the Broward County Medical Examiner's Office. Burkhead has submitted his DNA, as did another man who claims he could be the father. Zsa Zsa Gabor's husband, Prince Frederick von Anhalt, 
who says that he had a decade-long affair with Anna Nicole Smith. The other player in this paternity power play is Howard K. Stern, but he doesn't have to submit to a DNA test. It was determined that under Bahamian law, it is already presumed that he is the father of the baby because his name is listed on the birth certificate. But Bahamian attorney Jeffrey Pinder has words about that birth certificate and says it is far from proof. The birth certificate is defective. Now, uh, if he wants to really do something with that, has to amend, to amend it because the area where informant is, there's an attorney's name and it should be his name. According to Section 12, according to Section 12 of Registration Births and Deaths Act, Chapter 188, only certain people can give that kind of information. The father, the mother, a person who was present, or the nanny. The lawyer cannot sign that. You can do it in California, but you can't do it in Bahamas. So does that make the birth certificate null and void? It makes it defective. They may amend it if they want or make an application to amend it. I won't say it's null and void, but it makes it avoidable. So right now, uh, it's not good. It's not a good thing. Pinder is the lawyer representing developer G. Ben Thompson. He's got his own battles going on in Nassau's court. He wants his waterfront mansion back. That's the Horizons estate on Eastern Road where Stern and Danny Lynn are living. Pinder says Thompson bought the house and lawyers drew up papers for it in Anna Nicole's name because although he owned the house, the intent was for her to pay for it, eventually. Now he says she didn't pay a dime and Thompson's lawyers are claiming that since Anna Nicole's name is associated with the mansion and she's no longer alive, Stern is illegally trespassing on the property and he needs to go. If Mr. Stern does get uh, evicted from the home, what will happen to Daniel Lynn? Well, Daniel Lynn has, has a guardian at Lytton from the social services, so they'll take good care of her. Daniel Lynn is basically a ward of, of the Bahamas, a ward of the state, so to speak. So nothing's going to happen to Daniel Lynn. Daniel Lynn is, we love our babies. The Smith saga hasn't exactly left Broward County either. Broward County Medical Examiner Joshua Perper has yet to announce officially what exactly caused the death of Anna Nicole Smith. And the Seminole Police continue to investigate. At this point, no evidence has been revealed to suggest that a crime occurred. We found no illegal drugs, only prescription medicines. We are not releasing the names on those prescriptions. We have taken sworn statements from all the parties involved. Everyone has cooperated fully. We are continuing to review surveillance tapes, but nothing unusual has been observed. The Broward County Medical Examiner was given the very public and challenging case of finding out what killed Anna Nicole Smith after her death on February 8th. In that time, there's been speculation over whether or not prescription pills ended the former Playboy model's life. Published reports indicate her many prescriptions killed her while she was at the Hard Rock Casino and Hotel. Medical examiner Joshua Perper releases the official findings Monday morning. The Seminole Police Chief will be there when Perper announces the autopsy results that so many have waited for. And after a long and well-publicized court battle over the rights to Anna Nicole Smith's remains and the paternity of her baby, Danny Lynn, we are a little more than a week away from learning who exactly is the father. 
In Joshua Perper's comprehensive 84-page report from March 2007, forensic examination of two of Smith's computers, quote, that she was intensely grieving over her son Daniel's death, but showed that her mood had improved, that she was generally enjoying life, and that she was planning on having another child. These conclusions were dated the weeks of March 10th to March 23rd. On this same page, it says the investigation and final reports are now complete. It's Monday, March 26, 2007. Joshua Perper and the Seminole Police Department announce what media has been camped outside the Emmy's office waiting for for weeks, the press conference to officially announce the findings. Perper speaks outside of the Emmy's office. Former Local 10 reporter Roger Losey is there. That she didn't suffer. She went to sleep. Dr. Joshua Perper says all of the drugs in Anna Nicole's system were prescribed to her, including three different drugs for anxiety and three for depression. Only one drug was found at toxic levels, chloral hydrate, a sedative used to treat insomnia. But Perper says that alone wouldn't have killed her. It was the effect of the drugs combined. Basically what happened is that those drugs act on the respiration and circulation centers in the brain, and they shut them off. Therefore, the cause of death is combined drug intoxication with chloral hydrate being the major component and the other drugs which I mentioned being contributory. The autopsy results come seven weeks after the former playmate was found dead in a room at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel. Perper said he spoke with Smith's friends and doctors and reviewed her personal computers. Although Anna Nicole was depressed over the recent loss of her son, bought herself a cemetery plot next to his in the Bahamas and talked about killing herself. Perper is convinced her overdose was accidental because none of the drugs was taken in mass quantities. We are convinced based on the extensive review of the evidence that this case is an accidental overdose with no other criminal elements present. And Seminole Police Chief Charlie Tiger put to rest the notion that Anna Nicole was murdered. Today's release by Dr. Perper of the cause of death effectively closes the case on the death of Anna Nicole Smith. Today, attorneys for Smith's companion, Howard K. Stern, told reporters that Perper's findings should also end any speculation that he was somehow responsible for her death. It's horrible, it's painful, it's tragic, but it is an accident. But at this point, Howard does not feel vindicated. He doesn't feel relief. He does not feel peace. He has lost the most important person in the world to him and nothing can change that. Today, Larry Seidlin remains convinced that the case is not so clear cut. In 2010, three years after the former Broward County judge who presided over the battle to bury Anna, Seidlin writes and publishes a book. Its title is telling. It's not the death of Anna Nicole Smith, but specifically the killing of Anna Nicole Smith. He tells me... Being so deeply troubled by the outcome of these matters in my case, we decided, my wife and I, that we'd write a book, that I would write a book. She was very helpful to me in that. And we spent the next few years 
investigating and researching all of these issues. And, and when we finished the book, we looked at each other and we said, we can write another book because it's, it's still unanswered. And I don't plan to write any more books about it. And, and, um, but there are, there are many issues that are unanswered. There are red flags flying. You don't want to be um, chasing windmills. You, you, I did the best I could do in, in researching this, investigating this, and I feel it still doesn't add up. Anna Nicole's death and Danny, her son's death, to me, is, is, is deeply immersed in foul play. That couldn't be decided in your courtroom anyway. What had to be decided was where Anna Nicole was going to go. My job was where Anna Nicole should be buried. That was really my primary job. And then secondarily, I made sure that this DNA was done, that, that we need to find the father for this little girl has no mother. And that was done. And then the foul play, that had to be proven by uh, law enforcement. I can only take the horse to certain water. I couldn't do everything. And I was done with the case after six days. I have nothing that puts A equaling B. I have nothing that directly brings it all together. I have my feelings based upon what evidence there was. It's, it, it, there's questions that still need to be answered. Most everyone I've spoken with, both on and off the record, besides Seidlin, is satisfied with the conclusion that both Anna's death and Daniel's death were caused by accidental overdoses, that Daniel had a drug problem, and that after his death, Anna had lost her will to live on top of having a long history of prescription drug use and overuse. Well, if you're asking me if I'm going to get back on my white horse and start to ride again, I, I practice law now. I watch my daughter play tennis tournaments. Um, I, I really don't have the, the power and the influence to, to get anything going more than what I, what I did. I, I quote the great poet who says, you go to your grave with a story still to be told. But I've told my story. I'm not going to be frustrated. I've told my story the way I see it. Larry Burkhead says that what he remembers during the trial was a train careening down the tracks, a snowball effect, that the story began unfolding as if the players were characters in a Shakespearean drama. All the world is a stage. For every story, there's a hero and there's a villain. And, you know, for the most part, people may mean the hero and Howard was the villain. And, you know, and sometimes the mom was the villain. And, you know, and, and it is what it is. But, you know, you just, it, it, the people that actually have become friends out of this, you know, um, are, oddly, you know, enough are the people that you were sitting on the opposite sides of the table with. And I think that speaks volumes because I think that goes to show these are the people that were out for things that they believed in or they felt like that they believed in or they felt like that um, 
at the end of the day, no matter what their beliefs were, right or wrong, that the big picture they saw was Danny Mac. So those people have that have been supportive and that are still around in my circle. Do you have a relationship um, with Howard now? Do you speak yeah. with him? Do you yeah, get along? We've actually, we actually have become friends, and some people are like, they don't understand that, or they scratch their head and say that. I think one of the things that was made up about our relationship, Howard and mine, is that we made some backdoor deal for Danny Lynn behind the scenes and all this stuff, which couldn't be further from the truth. You know what? You know Howard and I have tried to work something out to where that you know we would try to work things out privately, and some people didn't really want to do that. They wanted to keep it going. They wanted more court appearances, more time in the courtroom, more time on TV. Howard K. Stern's lawyer. Palm Beach Gardens attorney Krista Barth, who was victorious in Stern's fight to have Anna buried in the Bahamas, says this. And it's Lynn Wood that says it, and I think it's the truest statement. It is, I hope I say it right, but it is, the whisper of innocence will never overcome the shout of guilty. And once you put something out there into the universe that you decide that Howard is a bad guy or Larry's a good guy or Larry's a bad guy and Howard's the good, whatever your, your take on it is, then that's it. That's the story. It's April 10th, 2007. This is a day that could close yet another chapter of this ongoing drama. Former Local 10's Yvonne Nava reports. After a long, bitter custody battle, DNA results should finally be revealed today in the Anna Nicole Smith paternity case. And the former Playboy Playmates companion, Howard K. Stern, is ready to play fair. Stern says he will not challenge the test results if Anna's ex-boyfriend, Larry Burkhead, turns out to be the father of little Danny Lynn. According to newspaper reports, Stern is quoted as saying he would do whatever is necessary to help Burkhead defeat any effort by Virgie Arthur, Anna's estranged mother, to obtain custody of the baby. And in other big news, Stern has hired a lawyer who says he may sue media organizations that he believes are implicating him in the overdose deaths of Anna and her son. The medical examiner concluded Smith's February 8th death was accidental. 20-year-old Daniel's death was ruled an overdose. And just hours later, the final piece of the puzzle is about to be put into place. The DNA test results are in. But yet again, Mama Virgie is ready to come between any ruling. Former Local 10's Alex Loeb has the news from outside the Supreme Court in Nassau. I hate to be one that told you this, but um, I told you so. Larry Burkhead is now gearing up for a custody fight. Friday, a Bahamian judge will hear a petition from Virgie Arthur, Anna Nicole Smith's estranged mother, who may seek dual guardianship of the seven-month-old Danny Lynn. Arthur has argued she's the most fit to care for Danny Lynn because of her experience raising children, including her late grandson, Daniel. But Burkhead says he'd be a loving and responsible parent, and his former attorney, with whom he reportedly clashed, agrees. When that little girl is 12 years old, and she's watching these videos, she's seeing the fight her father, Larry, endured to get his little girl. Imagine the love she will have for her father. 
Burkhead has found an unlikely ally in Howard K. Stern, Smith's lawyer and companion. Stern's name appears on the baby's birth certificate, but he now says Burkhead should raise her. I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure that he gets sole custody. An expert in genetic evidence, Dr. Michael Baird from Ohio, authenticates the DNA test in court. He is the doctor who analyzed the results of the DNA test, saying in court, essentially, Burkhead is the biological father, and that the DNA was a 99.9% .9 match to Burkhead. But Arthur filed paperwork in Bahamas court last week to fight for custody, and a closed-door hearing is set soon after the announcement. Lawyers were to meet to reach an agreement regarding Arthur's right to visitation of Danny Lynn. She emerged happy about the outcome. All I care about and all I've ever cared about is the safety and well-being of my little granddaughter, Danny Lynn. It's April 29, 2007. Burkhead officially changes the name on Danny Lynn's birth certificate. She's now Danny Lynn Hope Burkhead. So where are they now? Well, 12 years later, Larry Burkhead and Danny Lynn live outside of Louisville, Kentucky. Burkhead tells me he went back to LA for a little while after the Bahamas, but that didn't work. Too many paparazzi and too many prying eyes. He says what he endured during that time, trying to prove Danny Lynn was his daughter, was rough, to say the least. Yeah, so I have that archive video of you coming out of the Bahamas, uh, the um, Supreme Court of the Bahamas, and you're you're just glowing, and and you know it's that famous statement of I don't want to say I told you so, but I told you so. <laughs> I look back at that and I think that's just so cheesy, but at the same time, you know, I really kind of felt like I had been beaten down, and people were kind of like, who's this guy? And I had people like, you know, you know, Nancy Grace was on TV one time and said, who's this guy jumping out of the bushes, like a Kevin Federline, I guess Britney Spears' ex or whatever, acting like he's the father, and you, you people, the problem is, is that I was the unknown in the relationship, and Anna was a celebrity, so therefore, doubt was always cast on my intentions and I just kind of maintained from the beginning that and you know and was steadfast and saying look hey I'm the father I'm the father there's no doubt everybody knows this I'm just having to go through the motions that was really kind of what was important to me because really if you go back to the paternity stuff which kind of was one of the big you know puzzles of all this for some people again not for me but for some um, the reason why it was such a puzzle was because our relationship was so secret and I didn't insist on being Excuse me, part of the media. So, you know, you'll look back at video and stuff, and you'll see me trailing with my camera bag, or you'll see me behind the scenes or something, or you'll think it's just one of the people in her entourage or something. And, you know, that's the way she wanted, and I was fine with that because her image was she was supposed to be single, available, and, you know, you know, object of desire. And for her to be, you know, hanging out with some guy from Kentucky, that the photographer, you know, might not make the same impact, you know, in her mind. So that was fine with me, and so I it didn't really didn't really bother. But it, it did work against me when I had to go back and actually approve that I had a relationship with her. And that was some of the mystery that kind of is big misconception. In November of 2018, 
Virgie Arthur dies at the age of 66 at her home in Montgomery, Texas, after a long battle with cancer. Donald Hogan, Anna Nicole's estranged father, died of lung cancer in 2009 at the age of 62. Howard K. Stern practices law in California and takes care of his aging dad. Criminal charges were filed against him in 2009 that he was conspiring to furnish drugs prior to Anna Nicole's death. But in 2011, a judge ruled in his favor that there was no evidence that he intended fraud or deception when he picked up drugs for Anna Nicole Smith under a slew of fake names. What were all the names Anna Nicole Smith used? Same objection, Your Honor, relevance. Oh, let me see where she wants to go. Do with Anna She's Nicole got only Smith. a few minutes. Yes. There's Anna Nicole Smith. There's Vicki Marshall. Vicki Hogan. Vicki Smith. Um, then doctors, uh, some doctors prescribed things to her in different names, even though they knew it was for her. Uh, one of those names is Michelle Chase. Uh, another one was Susie Wong. These are at different times, though. But a three-judge panel in appeals court overturns that decision. And the charges are brought up again. In 2015, L.A. Superior Court Judge Robert J. Perry declares, Howard Stern simply has been through enough. He says, I find there is no reason to permit this case to move forward. Perry believes that the charges against him were unfair from the get-go and that he was charged because he was a, quote, public figure. Barth says Stern remains executor of Anna's will. He still have to manage some of her. Does he, he does. He does. He does. He's still the executor, and he works with Larry, and they work really well together. And he does what he needs to do, and uh, he's, you know, whatever is asked of him, he does for always for Anna, and always now for Danny Lynn. Whatever he needs to do, he does. As recently as December third, two thousand eighteen. Marshall versus Stern continues in a California court. Remember, Vicki Lynn Marshall had gone all the way to the Supreme Court to fight for money that she said she was entitled to from her husband, billionaire J. Howard Marshall's estate. So uh, my name is Andy Mayoris, and my wife, Danielle, and I uh, wrote a book called Trial and Heirs, Famous Fortune Fight. How did you discover the Anna Nicole? What, what was the, I mean, I know it was all over the news, but why yeah, what made well, you... It's, when we started writing this book, I, I had said for years I wanted to write a book, and, and my wife, Danielle, said, Andy, I'm sick of hearing you saying you want to write a book. Why don't we write one together? I thought, okay, that's a great idea. So we decided we were going to write about some of the crazy stories in our law firm to help teach people about not ending up on this. And then Danielle came with the idea of, hey, what, why don't, instead of us just writing about stories from our law practice, why don't we look at some celebrity stories? And Anna Nicole Smith is one of them. Once you start researching this kind of stuff, you, you can't avoid Anna Nicole Smith's case. We, we call it the granddaddy of all inheritance fights because of uh, how extensive it has become, and it certainly took on a life of its own. So Anna Nicole Smith's estate is still on the outs, and this appears to be the final shot that Howard K. Stern was pursuing, and this should finally end the saga. Although... I'm sure he's going to try to appeal and ask the United States Supreme Court to review the case for a third time, but my guess is it would be extraordinarily unlikely for them to do that. So this is finally, finally, after years and years and years, I think 
uh, I think we're going on 20 years now, the end of the road for um, the Anna Nicole Smith claim. So people still think that I interview or that I talk to that they still think, you know, Danny Lynn is is this, you know, this golden child that's going to inherit all this money, but I don't see that coming from anywhere. No, not at all. Not at all. In fact, um, uh, I don't know that there is really anything for her to inherit other than maybe some royalties here and there from various TV or other appearances that Anna Nicole Smith had done. She did have that reality show for a while. So there may be some a few royalties that flow in from here and there, but certainly none none of the extraordinary wealth that um, J. Howard Marshall had, had amassed with his Texas oil fortune, none of that is going to Danny Lynn. And whatever became of that room, that suite, room 607 at the Hard Rock, when I contacted Seminole Hotel and Casino's public relations rep, Gary Bittner, of the Bittner Group, he tells me that several months after the passing of Anna Nicole Smith, in February of 2007, all of the rooms on the floor were renumbered. There was an urban legend that the room numbers skip over on that floor, but Bittner says not at all. The whole floor was renumbered, starting from a different point, he explains, and the suite Room 607 and 609 was not closed off, Bittner tells me, but was gutted and refurbished. And it has since been renovated, he says, since that was more than 12 years ago. At the Hard Rock, they didn't want to leave that room where she died as a uh, visiting gallery. I stand at Anna Nicole Smith's gravesite on my visit to Nassau. I stay there for a while. The tropical air is warm, and all of a sudden the wind picks up. But things are quiet except for some traffic noise. I reflect on the months of mayhem that Anna Nicole's death brought to South Florida and how the media blitz dominated this small, friendly island. talked to Larry Burkhead about what he thinks Anna would say today about things, how the paternity turned out, and about the daughter she didn't get to watch grow up. About Danny Lynn, who will soon be a teenager. She wanted nothing more than a baby girl. She had a hope chest for two, like for years, for 20 years she was collecting stuff. And just piles and piles of girl clothes. And um, that is one of the things that she always wanted. And I have in her I had diaries that she wrote in, and she said, I just really want a girl, I, want a, I just want another kid, and I want to, you know, I've always wanted a little girl to dress her up in frilly dresses and do things, and, you know, she really never got the chance to do that, so I went through the hope chest, and I put a little thing out here and there, and for years, I just kept pulling stuff out of the hope chest and putting stuff on her, and stuff that I thought that, you know, she would be one another wear, and, and, um, So do you think Anna would have been pleased with the way things turned out? I think she would be proud. I think, you know, she looks, if you look at Danny Lane, she would be proud. You know, she's on the honor roll. She's a Girl Scout. She does, you know, really great with the situation at hand and, you know, not having a mom. And I think that, um, you know, um, I think that's just one of the things I think she'd be proud of. 
What do you tell her about her mom, or what does she ask? She doesn't really have to ask a lot because people actually tell her a lot. You, oh, you look like your mom, or oh, I just loved your mom. And it's just like I, I, t- I always say positive things and nice things about her mom. Just even, you know, despite the fact that, you know, things weren't the greatest, you know, at the end with our relationship. But, the uh, you know, I feel like it's, you know, my duty to kind of keep her mom's image and memory alive in a positive way. And so we have, you know, we've had some laughing moments, too. Uh, her asking why, you know, Howard's name was on her Wikipedia page because her friend said that she had a Wikipedia page. And so, you know, we've had some things like that, and I try to explain it the best way, you know, a 12-year-old, almost 13-year-old can understand it, but conversations about it, but normal people, and, you know, we we do the best we can every day, and we're going through the same things, you know, there's tons of other single parents out there, and there's tons of people whose children have lost a parent, and, and, you know, we're just one of those people of of that group, and we make the best of it. for Season 5 of The Florida Files, coming soon. Get more of the story and online extras, including archive video and photos at Local10.com. a fan of the Florida Files? Tell us what you love about the series on Apple Podcasts and join other fans in leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts.